Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning, October the 18th, 2021. It is 7.02 on your Tucson morning. We are live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And another typical Monday here in the world of uh, the football season, of course, at Sports Talk Radio. It is Monday morning quarterback time. Plenty and plenty of football to get into today, whether it was the events of Friday and Saturday in the collegiate ranks and, of course, yesterday with the NFL going on. Lots of uh, lots of exciting moments yesterday. Not a whole lot of exciting games, per se. The early games all kind of stunk. They're all kind of just big stinkers. And, uh, well, I have some thoughts about some of those games, personally. And then uh, the afternoon game started. Things got better. The Arizona Cardinals showed out. They showed that and proved that they are worthy of that unblemished record as they win the Cleveland absolutely destroy the Cleveland Browns, if not for a lucky play, you know, a 65-yard uh, Hail Mary play at the end of the first half. That's a much, much bigger blowout and a much more defining victory than what we even saw in the 37-14 final uh, yesterday in that game, regardless of – the fact that they didn't have their coach, they didn't have their starting center, both uh, two of their best pass rushers were out of the game, uh, ailing secondary, didn't matter, didn't just didn't matter. Cardinals continue to just rack up uh, wins and points, and the defense continues to play better each week. Uh, of course, we'll talk later on in the week uh, on Wednesday, as we always do, with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake. He'll join us at 7.30 on, uh, on Wednesday to talk about that and a whole lot of other things. The Cowboys-Patriots game did not disappoint, a game that I thought was going to be a blowout. I just kind of felt like you know, the Patriots had just been kind of hanging on, hanging on in certain situations. I didn't think the defense was as good as it should be under a Bill Belichick coach team. That Mac Jones has played well, but just didn't have the firepower to be able to match Dak Prescott. I thought that game was going to be a runaway. Lo and behold, the Cowboys found ways on the road to essentially give away points, to leave points on the field and make that thing interesting. But that was a fun game to watch last night and a fun finish, uh, of course, as the uh, the Cowboys get the victory there. So we'll have plenty of NFL to talk about. The NBA season begins tomorrow. The Phoenix Suns extending Mikel Bridges over the weekend, four years, $90 million. Still have not signed DeAndre Ayton. Very concerning if you're a Suns fan. Um, and we'll talk about that, of course, because you know Suns fans continue to have flashbacks to previous years where Robert Sarver refused to uh, re-up and extend superstars on the team and led to, well, 10 years of anonymity. So we have that as well. Um, there is a new WNBA champion as the Chicago Sky finished off the Phoenix Mercury last night um, to win their first WNBA title. The questions for next year's Mighty Merc team, will Diana Tarazi continue to play? I think it would be here, what, her 20th season in the WNBA? She's been around a long time. Uh, but if anybody can do it, it's DT. And uh, so we'll uh, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye out for her and what her decision is going to be. 
this offseason for the WNBA and for the Mighty Mercury. Uh, I do have coming up at 8 o'clock my Dean's List and my Dunce List. It is absolutely full today. You will not want to miss that. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock as we do it here every Monday. And, of course, plenty of other things, plus your chance to win my tickets to Friday night's football game, the Wildcats and the Huskies. Cats, of course, we're going to start the discussion there, but the Wildcats currently uh, still winless on the season, now 0-6 after their loss at Colorado on Saturday. Going to be hosting the Washington Huskies in a game on Friday night, and I have my tickets to give away, so stay tuned for that. If you want to win my tickets to the game, my personal season tickets to the game, we're going to have a text-to-win contest all week long, uh, once every hour, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So your chance to win my tickets today. Stay tuned for that and your chance to win. So let's begin. I mean, again, I feel like every week I make the statement, it's time to rip off the Band-Aid and talk about this game. I did not want to talk about this game. I do not want to talk about this game. But that's what I'm here to do. So we're going to talk about it. The Wildcats go into Boulder and get embarrassed, 34-0, to one of the worst teams in the country. This was a game that I felt the Wildcats had a a good, solid chance at winning, not only because of how bad Colorado is, but I think it, just, it, was, it was a matchup situation. Freshman quarterback, Brandon Lewis, who has not been throwing the ball well, of course, Throws for his career high, 248 yards, two touchdowns. Looks like Patrick Mahomes out there throwing the football 50 yards down the field to receivers. And, uh, you know, it's, I was afraid of Jarek Broussard running the football. Wildcats really didn't have much problem with him. 13 carries, 53 yards. He averaged four yards per carry. So, you know, not, not a real problem there. The problem was big plays, chunk yardage. You know, you look at some of the big plays in the game, uh, Broussard did have an 11-yard run, which is actually a big run considering it was on a, I think it was on a second and 10, uh, as he got an 11-yard run, able to extend the drive, and then Colorado was able to move that into field goal position. But you know, the 62-yard play, a 43-yard play, 25-yard play, 19-yard play, 13-yard play, it just you know the the chunk plays continue to stack up against Arizona's defense, and look, it's it's going to happen. Uh, when you know when you play that style of defense, it's just it's just going to happen. When you when you're <clears throat> when you're a defense to take risks, you know. And Don Brown comes in, and he's a you know he's a coordinator who likes to blitz a lot. Doctor Blitz is his name, it's his nickname. Uh, they're going to be chunk plays given up. You have to you have to accept those. Regardless of the chunk plays, the Wildcat defense still yielded fewer than 400 yards on the day again, and yet the offense just continues to. Just complete – anemic isn't even the word. It's it's just – it's horrible. And I don't know what the Wildcats are going to do. I, I mean, I really don't. As, as I sit here this morning thinking about what the quarterback situation looks like, Gunnar Cruz, of course, gets the start for the Wildcats in Boulder on Saturday. He injures his thumb, looking like he was trying to extend a play, maybe kind of stiff arm. Uh, a, a defender, I don't know if he got his thumb caught in the helmet or if he fell on it funny. I don't know exactly what happened. I, I, I've seen the play several times. I'm still not quite sure how he hurt himself and, furthermore, how he hurt himself that badly. It just, I, you know, again, I don't know. I, I wasn't in his position. I don't know what the injury looks like. I'm not a doctor. 
Jed Fish said after the game that it looks like he's going to be gone for the season. We'll find out more today. Jed Fish will have his press conference here in a little while, and we'll find out specifically whether or not Gunnar Cruz will ever play again or will play again this season. But it doesn't sound good as he injured the thumb on his right hand. So Will Plummer comes in. Will Plummer is now the lone remaining scholarship quarterback in this program. The lone. Now, if there were two games to go, I think you'd say, well, okay, we'll just kind of put some bandages on it. We'll figure it out. Just get through the season. Get into the offseason. Bring Noel Fafita in. Uh, you know, find some other quarterbacks. Maybe get a transfer somewhere. And we'll talk transfers later on in the week. There was an interesting article posted uh, about an hour ago by Nicole Auerbach. Who does a fantastic job for the Athletic. I'm actually going to uh, contact her, see if I can get her on the show. Um, but she, you know, she wrote a really interesting article in the Athletic today about the state of college football and transferring quarterbacks. How it's really kind of ruining things right now. Um, but again, that's a topic for a different day. So the Wildcats right now, six games to go on the season with one quarterback. One. And that quarterback is Will Plummer, a quarterback who was benched at halftime against a winless FCS school because he couldn't complete passes. I, I, I mean, what else is there to say about the the future of this program for this season? The 2021 season I think we can officially say is a, is a total loss. Yes, I know we're only halfway through, and there's still six games to go, and I am trying. I am trying my absolute hardest to be as optimistic as I can about this program because I just generally choose to be optimistic, uh, you know, in, in the most part. For, for most, you know, for, I try to be optimistic in my life, uh, just about as, you know, as many things as I possibly can. I spent... Far too much time in my life being pessimistic. It got me nowhere. It only led down a deep, dark hole. And so I, I, turning things around, you try to be optimistic with things. And I am known across the state here, in, specifically locally, whether it's in, in Phoenix or in Tucson, as being one of the more optimistic analysts slash fans slash, you know, quote, unquote, not even an expert, but whatever you want to call me, uh, when it comes to Arizona football. So if people want to get an optimistic outlook, on Arizona football, I get called a lot. You know, here, let's do an interview with Jeff. He's really optimistic about Arizona football. Then looks like a complete fool when he picks them to win. Not that I'm picking them to win, but you know what I mean. I, I, I just, it's, it's very difficult to find anything optimistic about this team right now. Very, very difficult. Because even as good, I, I mean, I can sit here and tell you how good the defense is playing, but now Trayshawn Hayward, the, uh, the transfer Mike Backer, didn't, didn't travel with the team to Colorado, and from what I've heard, things aren't good. And it's not because of injury. Like, he's not happy. So I don't know what exactly is going on with Trayshawn Hayward, but he's been here for six games, or, well, five games. He didn't, he didn't participate this week. Uh, apparently he's fed up with it. I don't know. So that doesn't look good. You know, they lose J.B. Brown for the season for personal reasons. And, again, he's still practicing with the team. There tends to be more of a, I guess, of a, more of a, a positive note about J.B. Brown. Like, like he's, he's going to miss this season. We're going to keep him around. He's, he'll be back next year. The, the word about Trayshawn Hayward was like he didn't play, personal reasons, didn't travel with the team, personal reasons. Moving on. Next. That doesn't sound good, and from what I've heard, it's not good. 
you know, so I can sit here and try to be optimistic about the defense and how well it's played, and it has. And it go, look, we knew the defense was going to be better than, than advertised this year. And, and my reasoning for it, and it should have been the reasoning that most people felt that, that the defense was going to be better, was because Don Brown, look, I, I said it before the season began, when he got hired, and I mentioned this, I said the moment he walks on campus, he'll be the best defensive coordinator that has ever been in that program, period, end of story, the best. The day that he walks onto that, onto that field, he's the best defensive coordinator in program's history. That's, that, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, denigrate what the, what the Desert Swarm era did. And Dick Tomey is a head coach, not a defensive coordinator, but the head coach. That team was extremely talented, first of all. Extremely talented. Look at how many guys they sent to the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing. But to have Don Brown here as, as, the, as the defensive coordinator, he's the best coach in the program right now. So it goes without saying that the defense is the, is the one thing that is kind of holding everything together. And if you say holding everything together is a 34 nothing loss, yeah, it could have been worse. And look, Arizona failed in all three phases of the game, giving up the block punt for a touchdown, and then on the next drive, the pick six. And at that point, the defense was just like, what are we going to do? The defense isn't the one giving up all these points. The defense is doing its, its darndest. And yes, like I said, they've given up some explosive plays. That's going to happen. It's part of the reason why Don Brown was was fired from Michigan is because, you know, not only could they not stop the explosive plays, they couldn't tackle anybody last year, and then the offense wasn't good enough to fight back, so they were getting crushed like Arizona is this year. Offense wasn't good enough to, to, to keep them in game. So those big plays that happen when you play that style of defense look even worse. Don Brown didn't lose his job because – because they were because they were losing games, he lost his job because the offense couldn't keep up with what the defense was giving up. The one year that that they you know they just didn't have a good defensive year. Don Brown's best coach in this program right now, and it's not even close. And the defense is playing well, but damn, I, I, how many times can you continue to give the ball back to the other team and expect the defense not to break, especially? when you're talking about a program that is as limited as Arizona is in talent. You know, Colorado comes in, and, and we, you know, we know that they're not very good, but I'll tell you this, they've, they've got some talent, not, not really a talent on offense to, to speak of. The, um, the one kid, uh, uh, Rice, their wide receiver, he's pretty good. He seems to be pretty good. Jerk Broussard obviously is really good. Arizona stuffed him. And Brandon Lewis had his best game of his of his career, in his short career, 240 yards passing, only 12 of 19 uh, attempts to touchdowns, no picks. But, you know, they're, they're, they have a lot, of, a lot of talent on the defense side of the ball. Landman is incredible. Isaiah Lewis, really good player. Makai Blackman's really, really good player. Uh, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some really good players on that defensive side of the ball. Mel Tucker – did a fine job of <laughs> turning turning some things around real quick there, didn't he? I mean, they went five and seven last year, or the, well, the previous year, with Mel Tucker as their as their head coach. Now Mel Tucker seven and zero at Michigan State, and might be up for the LSU job at the end of the year. 
meteoric rise for Mel Tucker. So the Buffaloes still, you know, kind of enjoying the benefits of, of that one year under a great coach like Mel Tucker. Arizona, people want to put grades on things. I get it. You know, it's it's something that gets people talking or whatever. It sells newspapers, subscriptions, whatever. You have to give the entire thing an F. Like, everything's an F. It's just, I don't, that's my grade, F. They failed. They have failed to get a victory so far this season. They have failed to establish any kind of consistency offensively. They have failed to make plays in the special teams, and they have failed to turn other teams over to give them that extra advantage defensively. They just, they're, just, they're just failing at every level. So you can say, oh, coaching gets a D minus and the quarterback gets a D plus and blah, blah. You know, I, listen, I don't, I don't do things like that. It's, it's a team game, and the team stinks. There's just no way around it. And I'll be honest with you, it's, things, are, things are dire right now at Arizona. Because you thought that we didn't have a quarterback before. Well, Arizona now has one scholarship quarterback, and then they will turn, turn to Luke Ashworth, a walk-on who has had zero reps in practice this year. Who's going to get some this week, I guarantee you that much. He and Jamari Joyner are probably going to get some reps this week with the ones because they, they have to figure some things out. I don't know if Arizona's just going to run Wildcat the rest of the year. If you put Jamari Joyner back there, if you put Jalen John back there the rest of the year, I don't know. You've got to figure something out. Drake Anderson got hurt again. Not again, but Drake Anderson got hurt early in the game. Didn't didn't make it back into the game on Saturday. It's just it's 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 difficult. It's really really difficult to be optimistic about anything for this team right now. The only thing that I can be optimistic about, honestly, right now, is that the world of college football is so unpredictable that anything could happen. So something completely out of Arizona's control may end up being what gets Arizona a win. Because we, we, you know, we see it every week. It's like, how the hell did that team beat that team? How, how in the world did Cal almost beat Oregon in Eugene on Friday night? How in the world did this? It happens every single week with the amount of parity, the level of parity in college football. You just never know who's going to jump up and bite somebody from week to week. So, the, the only thing that I can be optimistic about is that Washington has traditionally not played well in Tucson. And it's a short week. It's a weird travel week to be playing on the road. And maybe that Friday night travel, you know, the Friday night uh, kickoff with the weird travel week and all that stuff, maybe that is, is what, you know, maybe Washington is 30 minutes late showing up for the game and Arizona's got a 13 nothing lead at halftime or something. Who knows? But it's it's stuff that's, my opinion right now is out of Arizona's control because if if this football team is in is in control of its fate then i think we're staring 0 and 12 in the face and yeah i mean jordan mcleod going out sucks i mean that having him done for the season that sucks because that offense was grooving they were they looked good they were playing well they weren't cashing it in yet but it was going to happen and now, uh, you know, 
the the start the two the you know the, the number one and number two quarterbacks are out going to number three no more scholarship quarterbacks on the roster it's dire and there's no no rescue on the way these guys are going to have to do it themselves they have to find a way to get a win somewhere somehow schedule doesn't look good either <laughs> they got some tough teams coming up man I mean Washington. On the road at Wazoo, that's not an easy game. Of course, we got Utah, USC, ASU. Look, these are these are not easy games. These are all very talented teams, certainly more talented than they are and much more stable at the quarterback position than they are. So one, you know, a lot of people want to talk about, and we got to take a break here, but people want to talk about the decisions that Arizona made at the goal line. Four plays from the one-yard line couldn't get it in. And the, the the funny thing to me is, is that people want to blame the coach for that. The, the the coach wasn't able to go out there and push a running back across the goal line from from eighteen inches away. Wasn't able to uh, get the quarterback to lean an extra six inches forward with the ball to get across the goal line. That was that's the coach's fault. Is that why they go shotgun? I, I hate going shotgun in 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 the. Uh, at the goal line. Have you watched any college football? Everybody goes shotgun at the goal line. <laughs> That's what people do. So, I, again, I'm, it's not, it, there's not one thing to point a finger at. That's the thing. Everybody wants to point the finger at something. Like, oh, somebody, who's to blame for this? Who's to blame for this? People want to blame somebody for it. I got news for you. Everyone's to blame. We talked about it before the season began. How far does it go back? Well, it goes back to the 2015-2016 season when Rich Rodriguez decided to stop recruiting people. Just stop doing his job for 19 months. Yeah, just going to cruise here. Don't need to do my job. Then they brought in a coach who just (laughs) stole Arizona's money. Let's call it like it is. He didn't give a rip about this program, the city, the people, the players, nobody. Organization, the program, the athletic department, nothing. Cashing his paycheck. This is what Arizona football has yielded from those previous, from the last, let's call it four, four and a half, five years. A coach that stopped working, a three-year stint with a coach who didn't care, and now Jed Fish and his program are here to pick up the pieces. Jed Fish, a first-time head coach, taking on this job. It's tough. So point the finger at somebody all you want, but... Bottom line is, there's a whole litany of things that you could be pointing fingers at. You don't got enough fingers on your hands and toes, uh, and, and your, your toes on your feet on toes on your feet to be able to point fingers and toes at. There's a lot of blame to go around, but the team needs your support. I mean, it's just you know, if you want to if you want to point fingers at the athletic department, at the AD, at the president, whatever, that's fine. That's on you. You want to point fingers at the coaches? That's fine. But, you know, the players are still going to go out there. They're going to put on their jerseys. They're going to go play. And for the people who thought that the team quit on Saturday, you're wrong. You're wrong. Join Spears and Ali for Monday Night Football as they broadcast their show live tonight from Famous Sam's on River in La Cholla. Over 40 television and 20 beers on tap there. The, uh, the happy hour starts at 2, goes till 6 o'clock. 
Of course, Spears and Ali on the air from 3 to 6 as well. It's a clean and friendly spot to hang out with your family and your friends. So come on down, watch some Monday Night Football with Spears and Ali tonight at the Famous Sam's at River and Lachoya. When we return, what can Arizona do about its current quarterbacking situation? That's next. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Speaking of supporting the team, let's do this. Let's give away some tickets or give you a chance to register to win my tickets. Let's do that right now, okay? And let's invoke the name of a great Wildcat, a great uh, Wildcat who is still on the mend right now in his NFL team. But I want you to text Gronk to 68683. Text Gronk to 68683. That'll give you your chance to uh, to win my tickets to Friday night's game against the Washington Huskies who have a, a horrible, horrible offense. And I mean putrid. And we'll talk about that as we get ready to gear up uh, for that game. But it, their offense is really, really bad. So... Text right now, 68683, that's the number. Text Gronk, G-R-O-N-K, and uh, that'll be your chance to win my tickets. Again, we'll give away the tickets Friday morning. We'll text them to you. That way you just have them on your phone. You can just walk up to the gate, show your ticket, and or show your phone, and they'll scan it, and you can go on in and enjoy the game. Hopefully enjoy the game. Hopefully enjoy a win. But be there to support the team on Friday night as Wildcats take on Washington. Your chance to win my tickets also coming up in hour number two once again. What do the Wildcats do about quarterback position? Okay, so you got Will Plummer, you've got Luke Ashworth, you've got Braden Zamora, you also have Jamari Joyner, who doesn't know anything about the offense from the quarterback standpoint. Yes, he's thrown a touchdown pass uh, this year. It was on a gadget play. Okay, what does what do the Wildcats do? I think you have to go if you're if you're Arizona, you have to do one of two things. Look, there's there's a lar- there's a big difference in playing the style of of quarterbacking the style of offense that most of these players have grown up playing with the 7 on 7s and the quarterbacks are literally just coached to look for space to throw the football to as opposed to actually like reading a defense and stuff like that okay jetfish's offense is much more complex than a lot of the offenses that are out there in college football and certainly more complex than the ones that Will Plummer and Gunnar Cruz were running in high school. So you do one of two things. You either say, we're going to go super simple, spread, what you, you know, what are you comfortable with, and throw out the old playbook and just say, we're going to go look, you know, seven on seven, look, we're going to spread the ball, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fix our line, our, our line uh, stunts, uh, our, our fits, um, as far as the gaps and stuff like that go, okay? We're going we're gonna to spread all that out. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go total spread offense. We're gonna do orbital motion with the running backs, and we're gonna do all these things. We're gonna keep it super simple, and we're gonna sling the ball all over the place. I mean, you can do that, or you make it. You you just put everybody in a phone booth, and you say, if you put ten men in the box, we're gonna put Tavian Cunningham out there on your on your corner, and we're gonna have a foot race. We're gonna have him run go routes all day long, and. Your corner may be able to to stay with him once or twice, but eventually he's going to get you, and we're going to find him. 
where you go two tight ends, okay, two tight ends, two backs, so you go 22 formation, and you go your fastest fastest wide receiver. Tavian Cunningham, out past, beyond the numbers. Just, I mean, get that corner out there, if they and if they want to run a safety back, that's even better for Arizona's offense running the football. If you if they got to protect that corner, so there's one of two ways you can do it, and if you do it that way, I think Jamari Joyner is your quarterback because he can at least throw the go route, right? That's the only, that's the only thing he needs to know. Throw the go route. Other than that, it's it's RPO or, or just zone read. At that point, you go double tight ends. Maybe you sneak one of them out up the up the seam every now and then, but for the most part, they're there to maul people in front of them. Bring Clay Markoff in. Jalen John is your tailback. Jamari Joyner at the quarterback position, whatever have you. Michael Wiley, you want to put Stanley Berryhill in the backfield, you can do that. If he needs to throw just, you know, some some behind the line of scrimmage passes. But you have two choices here. <laughs> you really do. You either go to Will Plummer and say, we're throwing out the playbook. What do you want to run from high school? We'll run that. Because he ain't picking up this offense, and he certainly ain't picking it up before they play Washington on Friday night. Or you go to Jamari Joyner and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play 22. We're going to put one wide receiver out there. He's going to run go routes all night long. If he, if he breaks past the corner, throw the ball as high and far into the air as you possibly can. Other than that, we're going to be zone read. Uh, it, that, that's really the only options Arizona has at this point, offensively. Because they don't have a quarterback that can grasp the system. They don't have a quarterback who's able to play the system. And you certainly don't want to get another guy hurt. You cannot afford. I mean, if 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 Will Plummer goes down, if Will Plummer gets lost for the season against against Washington, I I I I don't even know what Arizona is going to do at that point. Like you can't forfeit games, so so you, you got to do something because the last thing that you can do is lose Will Plummer as your quarterback. That's what they're going to have to figure out. That's what they've got in front of them. And we'll talk plenty more about Arizona football throughout the week. But I'm done talking about today. I, I can't I, – I just – it just – it. I'm not – you know, I was mad after last week because of the way that Arizona lost the game. I was mad because of the penalties and just the, the stupid plays and, the you know, converting a third down and not able to, to stick to it because the, a penalty wiped it out or just a lapse of momentary – Momentary lapse of focus on defense allowed a big play to break out. I'm not. I'm not even mad about Saturday's game. I'm just like, I, it's like, wh- what did we do to deserve this? What is this curse that we have looming over our heads? It's, it's defeating, and I I can only imagine what those players must feel like. I commend them on fighting, and their effort. Uh, I just hope they they can keep it for 60 minutes on Friday night against Washington because they got a chance to win that game. They really do. They got a chance. You watch if you watch Washington play, they are terrible. I mean, offensively, they are as bad as it gets. And we thought that about Colorado, but Colorado's offense wasn't exactly good. Just some big plays swayed the momentum, and then Arizona just got kind of down on the dumps a little bit on themselves. We'll talk more Arizona football throughout the week. We're going to take a timeout when we return. We'll talk some NFL as the Arizona Cardinals show out big time in Cleveland and a whole lot more. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. 
Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The final game of week six of the NFL is tonight. And FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Tonight, the Bills and Titans, my NFL lock of the week. It's a high-powered passing attack from the Bills, and, of course, they have a a great defense as well. Now, I built an SGP. I'm looking at it right now. I've got the Bills money line. I teased Josh Allen over 300 yards passing to get myself some better odds. And I'm also going to add in the over total points for the first half, 27.5 points. So if it's 21-7 at halftime, I'll be a winner. And then uh, if if, uh, Josh Allen can throw for 300 yards or more, then obviously that just makes things better. So that's the SGP that I put together. And there are so many, so many more others that you can do. There's a there's a uh, a four game a four leg SGP right now that's on fire for that game. You can check it out if you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is America's number one sportsbook. It's safe and secure. It's totally easy to use. Trust me. If I can figure it out, you got this thing covered. And of course, they feature fast payouts. And there's no feeling like nailing one of those SGPs. They feel good. I got one yesterday. Finally, uh, yesterday after a. A really bad losing day early was able to nail one a little bit later on, uh, but bet lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook, and uh, if you even if you don't win, you get ten bucks back. So uh, that's always good too. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great, sign up today. Use my promo code Dean, and you can also receive a free risk a risk free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's if you only use the promo code Dean though, because they need to know that I'm the one that sent you. That's your promo. Um, for using my uh, my promo my promotions code, twenty one and over in present in Arizona refund is issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is ten dollars. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlays available for multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Next Step or text Next Step to five three three four two. The Arizona Cardinals on display yesterday. My goodness, <laughs> that was an absolute beatdown of a uh, look. The Browns are a good football team. Of course, now people are starting to question. They're like, oh, they just got uh, crushed at home by the Cardinals. It's easy to say that now. Look, the Cardinals are kind of a juggernaut, especially on the road. Look at their road wins this year. They've won all their road games by double digits. It's been the home games that they've kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, they they, uh, they, you know, they they barely eke one out against the 49ers. Close game against the Seahawks. So, the road team, the Arizona Cardinals, all of a sudden, a, a franchise that couldn't buy road wins, all of a sudden now are just thumping teams on the road. And, you know, like I said earlier on, if it weren't for that lucky Hail Mary pass, uh, this is a 37-7 ball game, and, you know, we're talking even more domination. Now, this was a team in the Arizona Cardinals who were without their head coach. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury had to stay home because he tested positive for COVID. They are without their quarterback's coach. Now, regardless of what you think of what their role may be during a game, there's moments where, you know, Kyler Murray may go to the quarterback's coach and be like, you know, I may have tweaked something there or whatever. He's okay, well, we need to fix your, you know, your mechanics. I noticed on this last throw, whatever. So it's important to have those guys there, especially for, you know, a quarterback like Kyler Murray. So without that, without their starting center, Rodney Hudson was out for the game. They didn't have two of their best pass rushers in Chandler Jones and Zach Allen. Didn't matter. 
Cardinals still whooped up on the Cleveland Browns, outrushed the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Man, uh, just total domination, and they are like the Cardinals are for real. You you have to now say this. They're six and zero for the first time since 1974. They're the only unbeaten team remaining in the NFL in a year full of parity, where teams are three and three and four and two all across the board, and two and four. There's just you know it's it's one of those types of seasons where again anything is possible, anything can happen. So the Arizona Cardinals now looking ahead. They play the Texans on Sunday, a home game against the Texans on Sunday, and then. A big matchup against the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football. That game's October 28th, 10 days from now. They will be playing the uh, the Green Bay Packers. So that's going to be a huge matchup for the uh, for the Cardinals. That's a big one there. Looking across the NFL also, like just basically over the weekend, um, again, the early games were blowouts. Well, the early, early game was not. The game in London, right, came down to a final kick with some of the weirdest hook draw that you'll ever see. Only, uh, you know, some draw that Ricky Fowler would be proud of. As the Jaguars finally get off the schneid, they were losers of 20 in a row, the NFL's second longest losing streak uh, in NFL history. As the Jags get a win, as I predicted, they would get the win over the Dolphins, 23-20. Both of those teams now 1-5, and and things are not good in Miami. They are not a good football team. Tua is, look, the... The thoughts that we had earlier in the season about him not being the guy, I, I think, have been confirmed not only by the team but by his play. And the the Dolphins have just got to be absolutely kicking themselves for not drafting Justin Herbert instead of uh, instead of Tua Tungabailoa. So that is going to continue to weigh heavy on their shoulders as they're now one and five. Their lone victory was an opening week win at New England. So losers of five in a row are the Miami Dolphins. The Bengals go into Detroit, smack the Lions around. Uh, Dan Campbell came back, uh, came out after the after the game, and basically questioned Jared Goff and said he's got to do better. He has to pick it up for us. Now, if you believe, if you're of the belief that that comment was directed only at Jared Goff, then you are as gullible as can be. That was a that was a moment where Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions was telling all 53 men on that team that everybody has to pick it up. But he can't say that. He has to single someone out. And the person on that roster that's strong enough to take that criticism is your quarterback. At least they have to be, okay? You have to be able to criticize your quarterback publicly. They have to be able to take it. You, I mean, it's just it's just the relationship that you have to have. Uh, Dan Campbell came out and said, Jared Goff has to be. And, and you could tell when he was saying, he stopped for a moment, he paused, he's like, Jared Goff has to be better. Like, do I call out the team or do I just call out my quarterback? Okay. They, look, they're not looking to bench Jared Goff. They're not looking to trade him. I don't think they'll be drafting a quarterback in, you know, it, with their first pick of the of the uh, of the draft this upcoming uh, this upcoming, you know, season. They're not going to be trying to replace him with a rookie. Not right now at least. That was a message to the team because as as mightily as the Lions have fought in their previous five games this season, losing games in just you know, some of the most heartbreaking, gut-wrenching ways, and they have fought back from four touchdown deficits to make games in the final moments against the 49ers, they have played tough all season long. Yesterday, some of the guys let go of the rope. They, they, they dropped the rope and walked away. That was a bad look 
for the Detroit Lions yesterday and for Dan Campbell. The Kansas City Chiefs flirt with disaster with the Washington football team. Holy smokes, is Washington bad. I, picked, I can't believe I picked them to win the NFC East at this point. Like, and I wasn't alone. There's a lot of people that picked them to win the NFC East. A lot of people thought they'd have one of the best defenses in, in, the, in the NFL. They are terrible. They're terrible on all sides of the ball. I would not be surprised if Ron Rivera is the, first, is the next head coach fired. Would not be surprised in the least. The Indianapolis Colts put one on the Texans. Texans can't even get in the end zone. 31-3 final there. And the Rams smoked the Giants 38-11. We had a scoregami in that game. If you're someone who, who likes scoregami, if you're not familiar with score, what scoregami is, it's the, it's the ever-present search for, for final scores that have never occurred in NFL history before. So a scoregami is when a new final score gets tallied into the record books. And that happened yesterday when the, when the, uh, the Rams beat the Giants 38-11. to That score had never been a final score in NFL history until yesterday. So we have a scoregami win. That's always fun. And the Ravens just absolutely dismantled the Chargers. That game was never close and just completely dominated by the Ravens. Props to the Ravens and their coaching staff. They just, they just tied Justin Herbert in knots. The, the Chargers offense couldn't do anything, and the Ravens just ran roughshod all over them. And, uh, and that's, that's what happened. So the, the Ravens are, are uh, looking really, really good right now. They're in, in good control of that AFC North with the Cincinnati Bengals clipping at their heels. The Bengals got themselves a hell of a quarterback. That's the difference maker in this whole thing is uh, Joe Burrow. So we'll, uh, we'll continue to talk some NFL when we return from the break. And then, of course, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, the Dean's List and the Dunce List. You won't want to miss that. That's coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. We're going to take a timeout. We'll return with more NFL news and notes next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. An overtime win for the Steelers last night at home against the Seattle Seahawks, but uh, Mike Tomlin had other things on his mind when he went to the presser after the game. The was uh, he was asked about the final seconds of regulation where the Seahawks okay they they complete a pass Geno Smith completes a pass to DK Metcalf the Pittsburgh Steelers defender punches the ball out and then wide receiver Freddie Swain recovers the ball in bounds with the clock running the Seahawks quickly run up to the line of scrimmage spike the ball okay they're down twenty to seventeen they spike the ball with one second left on the clock it's chaos. Things are there's whistles blowing all over the place, and the Seahawks are scrambling trying to get the field goal unit on the field. And so, I mean, it's it's a mess, right? Well, the officials then say we're going to stop and review this play, but it was obvious what happened. Like, like it was it was obviously a catch, it was obviously a fumble, and it was obviously a recovery by the offense, but. Instead of just letting it go and be like, okay, we got it right, there's one second left on the clock, and forcing Seattle to run on the field to get their field goal unit on within 25 seconds, they blew the whistle and they, they, looked, at the, they looked at the review for a minute and Seattle was able to compose themselves. They put two more seconds on the clock. Seattle lines up, spikes the ball, and then they can go get – like everything was in play. Well, Mike Tomlin wasn't having it. 
he was asked about it. He says, I hated it. I hated it. I cannot believe that game was stopped to confirm a catch, no catch in that moment, and that's all I'm going to say. And then somebody else asked him a question. He goes, that's all I'm going to say. And then he paused. He goes, it was an embarrassment. So he wasn't happy about that. Then there was another play in that game where, you know, the tuck rule has been taken out. Tuck rule's not effective. People still talk about, oh, it's tuck rule. Like, no, they got rid of the tuck rule. People forget. Where Ben Roethlisberger was throwing the football, and it would have been a tuck, but then it called a fumble because tuck rule's no longer at play, and therefore it was not a forward pass. It was a fumble, and it was, it was called correctly by the officials. But Roethlisberger said, he goes, I was told that even though the ball was going forward, that my arm was going backwards. He goes, I had to ask Josh Dobbs, who that's their backup quarterback, who's an aerospace engineer, how that works. <laughs> he said, it's not possible. He goes, I can't get fined for that because I'm just telling you what Dobbs said. <laughs> so the Steelers not happy with the officiating, even though they got the win at home last night over the Seattle Seahawks. All right, still an hour to go here on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned. It's just a quick little two-minute turnaround. And then at the 8 o'clock hour, it's the Dean's List and the Dunce List next. Stay tuned right here to ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. It's the Jeff Dean Show. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.